Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. The editors of Scholastic Book Clubs just released their predictions for top trends in children's books in 2018. Their predictions come with a curated list of fantastic book recommendations. Today, we have editorial gurus Darcy Evans, Jaywan Oh, and Lori Weiserak with us in the studio. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Why don't we start by having each of you introduce yourselves and tell us what you do all day. Hi, I'm Darcy Evans, and I manage one of our Scholastic Book Flyers. So basically, every day I read a lot of books. Um, publishers come from all over the country and present their books to us, and we select what are the best of the best to put them into our school flyers. Uh, I also spend a lot of time with our design department, looking at layouts and things like that to make sure that our flyers are the most exciting and prettiest things they can possibly be. And I'm Lori Weiserak. Basically, my job's exactly the same as Darcy's. And I like to think of our role as the ultimate curators for children's literature. And I'm Jay Wan, and I do the same thing as Darcy and Lori, but on the older end. I work on a team that does everything from baby books up through first grade. Specifically, I uh, manage the Firefly Flyer, which is preschool through kindergarten. So basically ages four through six. And I handle the Lucky Book Club, which is second and third grade or six through eight year olds. And Jay Wan? So I work on the older end of the spectrum, which includes Arrow, 4th through 6th grade, Tab, 6th grade and up, Teens, which is 7th and 8th grade, and then we have the online-only BookBeat um, catalog or collection, which is really for high schoolers, and we also have a Spanish club and We Need Diverse Books offers. My goodness, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of offers, yes. <laughs> All right, drum roll. What are some of the trends in children's books that we should be expecting in 2018? So I'll begin. We've seen a lot of new children's literature featuring strong female characters recently. 2017 has really shaped up to be a pivotal year for female empowerment, and it's even more important than ever to encourage children to stand up for themselves and really explore their own identity. Books such as She Persisted have been sitting on the New York Times bestseller for months, and I think that really signifies a moment of strong female characters. Even research from the Kids and Family Reading Report shows that children look for characters that are smart, brave, or strong when reading a book for fun. One of my favorite new series is the American Girl biography series, A Girl Named Rosa, which basically explores the true story of Rosa Parks when she was a little girl. She stands up for herself and what she believes in, and that's really a wonderful message to pass on to young readers. Another book I would suggest to parents and teachers looking for these type of female empowerment books is a picture book called The Youngest Marcher by Cynthia Levinson about a kid named Audrey Faye Hendricks who actually played a role in the civil rights movement. I mean, imagine this little nine-year-old girl standing up for what she believes in and marching. It's amazing. On the older end, we're really excited about Marley Diaz Gets It Done, and so can you. She's obviously a huge role model for kids everywhere because she was only in sixth grade when she launched the national 1000 Black Girl Books campaign to collect children's books featuring black girl protagonists. And in this book, she's just inspiring other girls with tips on how she made it happen and how they can make a change about things that matter to them. 
This trend is even going all the way down into board books. I'm super excited about this book called This Little Trailblazer by Joanne Holub and illustrated by Daniel Rode. Uh, it includes 10 empowering women, uh, including Rosa Parks and Sonia Sotomayor, who are household names, but also some hidden figures like Maria Tallchief, who is the first world-famous Native American ballerina. However, my favorite book this year is probably Princess Truly, Magical Sparkling Curls, which is this wonderful book about a little African-American girl who just wants to be herself and goes on all these wonderful adventures. She goes to see the pyramids in ancient Egypt and then goes to the Jurassic era to meet dinosaurs. And all the time, she is just being herself. I really love that it gets kids excited about math and science, um, but also magic and hair bows. I mean, it's just this wonderful <laughs> balance of fun. Um, so that's a book I'm really hoping to plug as much as possible this year. Those sound like great books. I can't wait to read them. Now, what is another trend we're looking out for? So we think that the demand for kid-friendly nonfiction will continue to grow, more so because we are in a climate now where there may often be conflicting accounts in the news. Teachers and parents will be looking for ways to engage kids and help them understand complex topics. And what better way to make the home-to-school connection than through books that are true, but so fun that kids will want to read them anyway. In the upper elementary grades, weird nonfiction tends to do well. Kids love being surprised by wacky facts. But across the board on the older end, narrative nonfiction is king. Kids love nonfiction that reads like a novel. The Who Was series for upper elementary readers always does very well. But one of the titles we're really excited about this coming year for sixth grade and up is Chasing King's Killer by James L. Swanson, which tells the true story of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. It's the kind of book that's so compelling that even if you know your history and you know exactly what's going to happen, you still feel the suspense of the moment. Even on the picture book end, uh, really fun nonfiction is definitely trending up. Uh, we're seeing a lot of books that are mixing photographs and illustrations and trying to make nonfiction more palatable and not just a book you would see in a classroom, but maybe a book you would want to bring home. Uh, I'm really excited about this book called Give Bees a Chance, which is the sequel to I'm Trying to Love Spiders. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is terrified of bees, like irrationally so, I really identify with the main character, Edgar, who just thinks bees are probably not that cool. Uh, but the book continues to tell you all these like great facts, like bees have five eyes and three stomachs. I appreciate the humor that's in the book and the funny illustrations and also the interactivity of it. Uh, interactive nonfiction is also really trendy on the very young end. And this one, every time a swarm of bees comes across the page, there's a little note, blow, blow, and you blow the bees and they scatter. And that's very comforting to someone like me. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's great, Darcy. Thank you. That's great. I mean, I can't get enough young animal nonfiction, it's and it's always the best when it's fun and accessible. I mean, I've been in so many classrooms recently, and every classroom that I go to, I see who would win. I mean, it's it's really great, accessible, young. It puts two animals against each other, whether it's a bird versus snake or a jaguar versus a cheetah. It's, it's always fun and it's a blast for kids to really pit these animals against each other and kind of figure out who would be the best, who would win. Um, another, and of course, I'd be remiss not to mention Magic School Bus has come back with a new show on Netflix featuring the beloved Miss Frizzle's sister. Oh my gosh, I remember this so fondly from when I was a kid. I would sit down and watch so many Magic School Bus episodes. We're re actually releasing new branches chapter books for the Magic School Bus Rides Again series that is basically structured around the episodes on Netflix, but presents the nonfiction information with fun illustrations and super easy text for kids. The first title is called called Sink or Swim. 
the return of Magic School Bus actually brings me really nicely into our next trend. This past year, film and television series reimagined comic book and literary characters for a brand new generation. Just think about the world of Harry Potter as it continues to expand with Fantastic Beasts. We take a world that is familiar to readers and offer new and exciting adventures. It's really nice for teachers and parents to revisit their childhood with these books, a type of fond nostalgia, if you will. The Boxcar Children have been reimagined to be the Boxcar Children Great Adventures, which is a really great new series. And the Boxcar is actually totally magical now, and they travel all around the world. Jigsaw Jones is actually another series that is resurfacing with brand new stories. Parents love to read these stories aloud to their family and solve the little mysteries together. Our research actually shows that kids of all ages love read-alouds. I have to admit that when I was in third grade, my mom used to sit down with me and read the first two Harry Potter books, and I think that was a major reason why I love reading as much as I do today. We're seeing the same thing down with the picture books. I mean, on the one hand, picture book classics are kind of always in trend, which makes sense. Picture books are an opportunity for you to share something with your child. And so it makes sense that you would want to share something you're familiar with, something you loved from your childhood. Uh, but we are also seeing the same relaunch of old series. Um, we're having new Magic School Bus picture books as well, which is super <laughs> exciting. Uh, we're also relaunching Clifford, which as a scholastic person, I'm super excited about because you can't work here without loving the big red dog. <laughs> um, our first book is going to be Clifford and the Fairy Dog Mother. And actually, all the Clifford books are going to be fairy tale themed, which I think is perfect because kids love fairy tales. And it's a great way to refresh a character that is just a perennial favorite. That is exciting. Well, on the older end, we do not have Clifford or the Magic School Bus. <laughs> we are missing out. But as Lori mentioned, we're really excited because the excitement for Harry Potter continues to grow. Um, we're actually reaching the 20th anniversary of the first book being published in the U.S. this um, next September, which is crazy. Um, and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is also finally coming to Broadway next year. So, excited. so yes, so excited. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, but in anticipation for that, um, there are a lot of reimagined books tying into the Fantastic Beasts movies. Um, in particular, we have an illustrated version of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them that um, J.K. Rowling wrote more as a guide, not the screenplay. And I have a copy with me here right now. And it's really cool because even if you've read the original book, this is a book in particular where you want to see what the beasts look like. And when you look at this nice gifty edition, you're just like, I wish I could go to Hogwarts all over again. <laughs> <laughs> that fits perfectly into our next trend, which is magical creatures and fantasy worlds in general. Um, fantasy is definitely back, and it's back in a big way. Uh, according to the Scholastic Kids and Family Reading Report, uh, kids like stories that make them laugh, and they also want to explore people and places they have never been. I mean, isn't that what we all love about reading? It allows us to imagine ourselves walking in someone else's shoes. That said, every year, what kids want to explore and where they want to go changes. This year, it is definitely quirky, magical worlds. Also, um, there is always a new hot magical animal every year. Sometimes it's just a regular animal, but this year it's unicorns. <laughs> um, you are seeing them everywhere, stationery stores, clothing, and certainly in books. I'm a big fan of unicorns, so I am not upset about this trend. Interestingly, we are also seeing narwhals. 
everywhere. I mean, who doesn't love a good sparkly unicorn and their undersea counterpart? Of course, narwhals are real, but they seem like they should be imaginary. I think because narwhals exist, it gives us all a little bit of hope that maybe unicorns could exist too. And that makes us all believe in a little bit of magic. Plus, they're hilarious. Um, so the book I would like to talk about is a fantastic picture book by Jesse Sima called Not Quite Narwhal, which is about a little unicorn who is raised by a family of narwhals until a current takes him to the shore and he realizes that there are actually unicorns. And the unicorn's name is Kelp, which is also adorable. And he has to decide which world does he want to be a part of, the unicorn world or the narwhal world. It gets very heated, but not really because it's a picture book. And of course, because it's a picture book, there's a happy ending, which you'll have to read to find <laughs> out. But that is, of course, just one unicorn book in a whole slew of others. I could probably list 10 that are coming out this year that are all fantastic. You should check them out. One of the books that I want to talk about is Third Grade Mermaid and the Narwhals. So kind of incorporating this element of a, a magical sea creature, mermaid. Who doesn't love mermaids? The series is by Peter Raimundo. It's the second in the series. But this time, Cora, our little mermaid, is trying to prove to her class that narwhals are real. They don't believe her. So they kind of believe that it's a magical creature. So she goes on this whole adventure trying to prove that narwhals are real. And spoiler, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's just a really adorable on-level chapter book. And But the most exciting thing that I want to talk about is Narwhal, Unicorn of the Sea. So I was obsessed Aww. as soon as I found this book. And I think that kids are so fascinated by narwhals, as Darcy said, because they think it's a mythological creature. It's really interesting. It's really fascinating. They can't think possibly this, this magical unicorn of the sea actually exists. And it's that actualization of a mythological creature that I think really hooks them. So this Narwhal Unicorn of the Sea, this book, is hilarious. It's basically a friendship adventure by Ben Clanton. It's Narwhal, and it's Jelly, his buddy, and they're all just like going on little adventures, and it's cute and illustrated, and it's really fun for kids. For the record, I also love narwhals. <laughs> but the book I'm talking about is actually one of my favorite series. It's a graphic novel series called Phoebe and Her Unicorn. And this one is Razzle Dazzle Unicorn, which is about as amazing as it sounds. Um, basically, this series is awesome because, one, it's a graphic novel, which is a really engaging and accessible format that kids are liking and turning to more and more. But also, um, a trend that we're noticing in upper elementary grades is um, more warm humor. So like not as much of the humor that kind of puts other people down, but humor that's just warm-hearted, like very sensitive and just sweet. And this book is the perfect example of that. So it's, the, it's a book where Phoebe, the main character, is excited about everything and she meets this unicorn, Marigold, Heavenly Nostrils. <laughs> That's her last name. <laughs> and Heavenly Nostrils, Marigold, Heavenly Nostrils um, is kind of vain. Um, but they have all these great adventures together and, you know, there's even a bully in the story, but none of it feels um, heavy. It's just all, they all become friends. They're all having a great time. You just love reading along with them. And in this one, there are even some mentions of holidays. So it's just a lot of fun all around. Um, and another book we're really excited about for middle grade readers is The Serpent's Secret. Um, mythology has been doing very well. Obviously, um, everyone loves Percy Jackson and Rick Riordan. Um, and we're really excited about this one because it taps into Indian mythology. And it's just a really engaging voice, an exciting adventure. It's perfect for fans of Percy Jackson, but 
hopefully mythology that um, fans may not have heard of before, or at least not seen quite as many times. All right, the last trend. The maker movement is on the rise, and maker spaces are appearing in more and more classrooms and libraries. We're excited to say that we have some awesome and affordable activity books in Scholastic Book Clubs. These reference books make it easy for kids to complete fun, hands-on projects that really make reading come alive. We know that kids love choosing their own books to read for fun, and these books are a great way to pair their favorite hobby or school subjects with leisure reading. Girls Who Code by Reshma Saujani is awesome because it's a book that encourages hands-on activities, and it empowers girls to dream big. It breaks coding into manageable steps and describes it in an appealing and relatable way. Plus, it has fun illustrations throughout. We're definitely noticing a growing interest in coding specifically. Another book we'll be offering exclusively on Scholastic Book Clubs is in the Coder Dojo Nano line, Make Your Own Game. This title is fun because it takes coding principles and then shows you how to get creative and build your own world. Yeah, this sort of hands-on fun absolutely extends down to second and third graders. We see a lot of different kits, whether it's rock kits or science kits, and it really, I believe, sticks with a kid when they can actually get their hands dirty. So speaking of getting your hands dirty, we have seen this major trend in slime. Kids love slime. And it was never a big thing when I was a kid, but it's huge now. So people are making their own slime, YouTubers are making their own slime, and kids are watching it. So specifically, we have Karina Garcia, DIY Slime, who is a really famous YouTuber right now. And she just basically goes through the motions of guiding kids through how to make their own slime in really fun ways. And it's just something that parents can get involved with as well, get their own hands dirty sometimes (laughs) with their kids. And I I really do love this sort of hands-on learning. I think it really teaches kids how to how to really rally and do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that some of the reason it's trending so much right now is it's a great way to spend time with your family, mm, too. I mean, yeah, it's true. like, and especially on my little kids and preschoolers, they're not going to be making their own slime. That no. could be problem. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> kitchen would be a disaster. <laughs> you know, no. But it does allow, you know, families to get together and do this thing together. And um, so we're seeing a lot of that, these kind of like parent and child-based activities. Um, the one I'm super excited about is our Frozen Snow Science Kit Ooh. that's coming out. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, Frozen, as in Frozen the movie, themed, uh, but it, you know, allows you to make snow. You have some crystal growing, so it looks like you put um, snow on a Christmas tree. It's got some, like, great science elements, but it's also, a, like, hands-on kit. Um, and in terms of, like, Slime is big at every age level. But for little kids, they also really like making fake snow. It's like you stick your hands in it. It's cold and things Mm. like that. That tactile learning, especially in preschool, is really, really trendy right now. Both slime and fake snow and things like that, you can do this with household materials. Absolutely. You know, and so all you need is a book that tells you what Mm -hmm. to buy. You know, you don't have to go out and get something crazy expensive Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's something you can make yourself and have a whole experience around it. And yes, get to play with some snow, (laughs) some slime, you know, good things. Thank you all so much. These are amazing recommendations and we're really excited to get our listeners reading these books. Thanks so much for having us. This is great. Now let's talk with some of our other colleagues at Scholastic's annual holiday book fair. Let's see what's on their lists this year. Hi, David. Hello, how's it going? Great. Could you remind our listeners who you are and what your role is here today? Okay. My name is David Perry. I'm the field rep for Manhattan. And 
I've been given the task of having a book fair for the company, a holiday book fair, actually. What trends have you been noticing so far? Okay, well, it's a, a trend that's three years running. Illustrated Harry Potter. So, The Prisoner of Azkaban is out now. So, that's been the hottest title going. My goodness. Here I see a nice holiday shelf. Could you point out some of the titles that have been popular? Yep, I sure can. The ones that's left. Um, <laughs> Pig the Elf, which is from the Pig the Pug series um, by Aaron Blaby. That's been doing really well. Um, we've also had what we call story play, where they're popular picture books that parents can read to their kids and then they'll have questions and things um, to help with their comprehension. So The Biggest Christmas Tree Ever has done well. The Gingerbread Man, which is a classic, has been doing well. And then like Christmas with Peppa, like the Peppa Pig series. So you'll see those books on. Um, but then the Hanukkah books have sold for us, at least for the first two days, just so that we can make it. So we brought those in and How the Dinosaurs Say Happy. Hanukkah and Clifford celebrates Hanukkah and Curious George and so we'll have the characters do it but then there's things like the thing about yetis in those books so those have been doing well for us. Thank you very much David. Merry Christmas. Oh why thank you and a Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to the podcast. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm Elizabeth Carney. I am the editor of Dynamath and um, Super Science magazines, classroom magazines for grades three to six. And who are you shopping for today? Oh, I have a long list of children that I'm shopping for. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter and all of her friends and our neighbor's kids. And so they range in ages from one up to seven. And what are some of the titles on your list, Beth? Well, I'm browsing and I'm looking for um, early readers for my daughter and her friends who are just starting to beginning to read. Um, so I was looking at some of the Pete the Cat books. Um, I picked up a Peppa Pig book in Spanish for um, our child's friend who's bilingual, um, looking at Star Wars things and looking at some of the classics like Goodnight Moon for the one-year-old. Thank you so much for talking with us. Happy holidays. Thank you. Hey, look who's here. Hi everyone, my name is Nicole Ortiz and I work on our social media campaigns at Scholastic. And what are you buying today, Nicole? I'm picking up a few Star Wars books for my little cousin because he's a huge fan and I'm really excited about how many we have here. That's wonderful. Anything else you're gonna be picking up this year? Uh, probably a bunch of picture books because I myself love picture books. <laughs> and uh, I really think it's a great opportunity to just pick up and maybe even if it's not for the holiday season, just to give out to kids um, throughout the year. Thanks so much for talking with us. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hey, who's here? My name is Alistair Edwards. I work in Scholastic Book Clubs, and I just so happen to be a book boy as well. Fantastic. I see you have a few books in your hands. Could you tell us what you picked out and for whom? Well, first and foremost, I have I Don't Want to Be a Frog by Dev Petty. Um, I selected this one because the book boys actually just made a music video uh, called Jump Around, um, and we actually offered this title for just $1 for the entirety of last week. And then I also chose the story of Ferdinand by Monroe Leaf because it's very topical right now. There's a new movie coming out. And it just so happens to be our next dollar deal of the week um, for the upcoming week. Terrific. Thanks so much for talking with us. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. My name is Jerusha Saldana Yanis. 
and I work for the research and validation team. What do you have in your bag? I have 90 miles to Havana, um, and uh, I have family members that are came from, originally from Cuba, so I'm going to give those books to the adults as well as the young adults in my family. And I also got Clifford the Big Red Dog because I'm from Dominican Republic and I never grew up with him and I want to discover his adventures. And I also bought the basic introductory package to the Babysitter's Club because I'm hoping to initiate my godchild into the Babysitter's Club adventure series. You're a wonderful shopper with very lucky family and friends. Thanks so much for talking with us. Thank you. I see a coworker here. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you're buying this year? Hi, I'm Gina Aspercolis from Corporate Communications. I usually catch up on my Harry Potter at the employee book fair, so I'm buying the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban Illustrated and the Harry Potter, A History of Magic by the British Library. You're really jumping on that Harry Potter bandwagon. Oh yes, I also was looking for the Fantastic Beasts Illustrated and when I saw that it wasn't here, I actually asked Dave if it could be delivered and I think it's coming today. <laughs> oh, you've got pull. Well, thank you so much, Gina. Happy holidays. Thanks, happy holidays to you, Suzanne. Thanks so much again to my Scholastic colleagues who joined us today. And thank you for listening. To get the list of book recommendations for 2018, check the show notes or go to scholasticreads.com. Is there a topic you'd like us to discuss? We'd love to hear from you. Send a note to scholasticreads at scholastic.com. Special thanks to producer Emily Morrow, sound engineers Daniel Jordan and Chris Johnson, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads with you next time.